Hey, hey, thanks for pressing play and welcome once again to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. My name is John, a.k.a. Darth Voida. You can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, that's all. You can follow me at Darth Voida or you can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. Coming to you live from the footy, if you will, the Footprint Center in downtown Phoenix where the Suns, after three days off, played the Houston Rockets, a team that we lost to just a week ago. And Matthew is working late and not for the Suns tonight. So I've got somebody else who's going to just, his voice, it's just, it's sexy. It's that of Gavin, the Aussie Suns fan podcast. Jock Landell's out here tonight. I figured why not have Gab with me? How you doing, man? It's been a minute. I'm I'm doing really well, man. Thanks for having us on again. I always love jumping on the Suns Jam. And uh, of course, as you said, got to celebrate the fact that there was an Aussie on the court in Phoenix again tonight at the footy. <laughs> yeah, he's out there doing his best impression of hack and nerk, uh, which actually was working out for him. And it's just funny. It's like, here you go. It's Jock Landell, right? A guy who, you know, a, a year ago was starting playoff games for the Phoenix Suns. And now his one duty in life is to hack Nurk. What a difference a year <laughs> makes, my friend. What a difference a year makes indeed. I'm interested, though, like in the arena, what was the crowd reaction like to Jock getting on the floor? So it was there was like a, a, a slow clap. Like I was sitting there, I was like, ooh, like he didn't get a tribute video or anything beforehand. And then when they announced him coming in, you heard some like sporadic cheers. And my feedback on that is it goes to show you how uneducated some fans are. That's what I feel. I, I feel like the true fans were clapping because you appreciate Jock Landell and who he was and the energy that he brought last season. And everybody else is like, I like his new jerseys. You know, they're all, they're all new fans out here. So I don't know. That was just my take from afar. I'm like, why is he not getting a bigger – Ovation. This is fucking Jock Landale. Suck my jock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he was. He was. He was a big part of what we did last year. So it was. Um, it, it, we had an opportunity, I guess, in the crowd there to. I, and it sounded a little bit like he did get some applause, but it wasn't anywhere near the campaign type level or anything like that. So yeah. No campaign. You got to think he was here through the finals run. He had a much more of a following and. You know, Jock uh, was just here for a year. You know, it might felt like longer, but he was just here for a year. So I guess he got the appropriate amount. But I'm always just like, respect the guys who came here, even if you didn't like him. Like when Aiden was here, I'm like, cheer the guy, man. He was five years. He's the only number one pick in the history of the, the organization. Like, pay this man his money. Like, cheer this man. And he did. And that man, and that man did give us one of uh, the greatest moments that we will ever remember. So... Well, that's a good segue. We're about to start the show, so you will see one of the greatest moments ever, the Valley Oop, as a part of our montage for the intro. But before I get to that, Gav, can you tell everybody where they can follow you? Yeah, at Aussie Suns fans on YouTube, go lie, go and subscribe and do all that sort of stuff. And at Aussie Suns fans on X slash Twitter, come along, follow us. Um, basically, it's just me talking crap most of the time, but... Hey, I think it's entertaining, so come and join and follow. Listen, if you're going to follow the Aussie Suns fan podcast, you have to do it closely, as closely as Gav did to Devin Booker in the picture located behind him. Followed him very close. But seeing as we are international tonight, and shout out to everybody who's watching along live or later or listening at a different time, thank you for your support of the Suns Jam Session podcast. I know that we're not just local to Phoenix. In fact, a shout out tonight to Josh from Baton Rouge. If you're listening to this tomorrow or watching it tomorrow, I know who you are and I appreciate you. So pop them if you got them. Uh, I've got a beer. It is a root beer. Uh, so I'm going to pop it. Ooh, what is that? Just what's a, a what Carlton is, Dry. Carlton Dry. What's a Carlton Dry? That's just a beer, just a lager in Australia. I'm just... <laughs> All right. I've been cleaning out my garage. I'm thirsty. <laughs> let's let, let's talk about this win.
three days off, come out and beat the Houston Rockets. But they beat them just 110 to 105, which brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty. Mate, I've got to ask. Gavin, I gotta ask. Phoenix Suns in the first half, they look great. Uh, first quarter, 33 points. Second quarter, 31 points. And then in the second, or I'm sorry, the third and fourth quarter, the second half, they end up scoring a total of 46 points. What, what, what is it with this team? Like, why can't they just put their foot on the throat of the opposition sometimes? Yeah, it's, um, I, I think it's frustrating, particularly because in the first half, um, I, I put something, or when we were talking in our chat, that it looked like they, the guys, like, to me, it looked like KD and Book come out of that four-day break, gave each other a nod and went, okay, it's time to go to work. We're in the back half of the year heading into playoffs. And, and that's what those two look like. Book dominated the first quarter. KD started the second quarter on fire. It looked like we were just going to cruise. It was going to be 15 to 25 points for the entire game. And then all of a sudden, those turnovers came again. Those those blatantly bad turnovers too. Um, it al- allows the opposition to get on a run. And Houston, they're an exciting type of team. They, they're going to get a bit of momentum out of that. Um, and we keep doing that. And the second half was the same thing. We just book. He's, he's shot. He was on fire in the first half. Couldn't find it really in the second half. Again, six threes. He just can't break that six three barrier, can he? Um, but uh, but he just couldn't find those shots. And and the offense, the offenses that we ran so many times late in the shot clock, and just forcing up really poor shots in the second half. And it's it's still a concern. But yeah, look, a win's a win. We'll take it, right? Yeah, I'm with you there. Like, a win's a win. I mean, we know what happened last week when we lost to this Rockets team. A, a game we easily could have won and a game that we didn't. And you know, even Matthew and I talked about at the end of that game, had we won that game, we probably still wouldn't be super happy, but you'd be happy because you won. In this case, we're on the other side of that coin where they won, but it wasn't the effort. I mean, now, granted, in this game, they, they kept the Rockets at an arm's length the majority of the game. The final score being 110 to 105 isn't really a truism because Jalen Green hit a three-pointer as time expired. They actually kind of won this game by eight points. Uh, It got down to six points late there in the fourth quarter, but they kept them at an arm's length. But to your point, the turnovers is something that we just – we have to correct. The Suns can't continue to go out and turn the ball over as much as they do. They did it tonight, 14 total turnovers. Now, granted, because you're playing against the Rockets, a team that to this point in the season is, what, like 5-23 and 23 on the road, they're not executing off of those turnovers. They only scored 13 points off those turnovers. Mm-hmm. But you start talking about some of the tougher teams that we have up in the schedule, and those turnovers become points, and we've seen that recently. Why do we lose games? Well, because they turn the ball over, and then they allow the opposition to score the points. Tonight it didn't happen. But there was other things that were definitely factors in the Suns not blowing this team out. Very poor from the line. They shot 67.2% from the line on 37 free throw attempts, right? And on the other side, the Rockets end up shooting 90% on 31 on 31 free throw attempts. So from a math standpoint, that's how that kind of worked out. But you got to be better. You, you can't be that unfocused heading into that second half. You can't start the first half shooting the way that you are and then allowing the second half a team to just hang around like that because again Mm. we're talking we're talking about a bad team that's horrible on the road and to let them stay in it as long as they did although it's a win and like you said a win is a win and i'm happy a win's a win i'm still somewhat critical of the win because of the matter in which it occurred and and i think um i think the the additional piece to that is we're after All-Star game now. We we don't want to see a wins a win anymore. Now is the time this team needs to have it together because we're effectively heading into a playoff run and we want to see that the team is playing effectively and that when we do play in these playoff games and against playoff teams, that we are, we're going to restrict those turnovers. We're going to be able to make those shots at the foul line. Those are core skills of the game that we need to be able to execute when it comes to playoffs. And 
Uh, look, I get it. It's the Rockets. We the game was pretty comfortable, but it's we're after All Star break now. Now uh, we, as Suns fans, we sat there all year going, "There's still a lot of time. There's still a lot of time. There's still a lot of time." The time's run out. It's you've got to execute now. Sorry, you caught me mid mid sip there. Uh, <laughs> I no, I, 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 no, I completely agree. Like, and again, we play this same team on. Uh, on Saturday, followed the next night against OKC, who lost to the Spurs tonight. Um, so now is the time to start ramping up and start learning how to, and they shouldn't have to learn how to at this point, put teams away. And they just continually don't. I mean, 22 points in the second, uh, or I'm sorry, in the, the third quarter. Uh, they ended with, what, like 24 in the in the fourth? Yeah, 24. It's just, man, you got to be better than that. you got to be better yeah. than that, Phoenix Suns. Uh, but looking at some of the bright spots tonight, I, it started with Devin Booker. Big Dick Booker. Devin Booker tonight uh, came out and had 20 points in the first quarter. The Rockets themselves had 17. It was 33-17 after the first quarter. Booker ends the night with a total of 35 points. 13 of 27 shooting, however. And granted, that first uh, that first quarter, he was unbelievably efficient as well. Uh, started the first quarter going to, what was it, 8 of 10 from the field. So 8 of 10, he ends 13 of 27. So that means he goes 5 of 17 the remainder of the game. But 35 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, a block, and one brush-up with Cam Whitmore. Tell me what you saw tonight, Gavin. Look, we we got that uh, we got that my favorite the Armani mode first quarters. Whenever we see those Armani mode first quarters, they're always you always know you're in for an enjoyable game to watch. Um, I, I you just he he's almost unstoppable at times in those first quarters, and and we saw that on I mean, the the drive against Shengun and and these sorts of plays that he was pulling out. They're always really, really great to watch. But again, he got what half time he was five for six from three. I thought, here he goes. We're finally going to see it. He's going to get past that barrier of six threes. Um, second half, it was just again. I, I just feel like the offense almost changes, and it becomes an isolated, contested shot later in the in the shot clock. Um, and I don't. We all know Book can hit the amazing. But he hits the amazing when he goes one-on-one and takes the ball early in the shot clock, takes his opponent on, takes him to the hole, does it. When it gets late in the shot clock, we've tried to pull off whatever it is we've tried to pull off. And he's got to take those tough turnaround, fadeaway shots. And um, there, the, that's when we start to see that gap open up in his shooting percentages. And that's what we saw in the second half today. But Book was Book. Like, again, he's over 30 points. So I think that's 200 times now. He now leads the league in um, in twenty point quarters this year. Um, he, he's fan. We're blessed. We're blessed to be able to watch this guy play basketball. It's artful what he did tonight. Uh, again, in the first quarter, I've been somewhat critical of Booker these past you know since the All Star break occurred, uh, and I'm going to continue that trend. I think tonight, I just the 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 way that he made his uh, God. I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this you know booker can make it look easy at times that's one of the in the skill sets that he possesses is somebody who can score on all three levels i mean in that first quarter three or four or four i think from beyond the arc uh, he's making left-handed runners down the lane and he makes it look easy for some reason in the second half and it's not necessarily for some reason i know the reason i guess i'll get to that and that's where i'll give booker some credit uh he he starts to take some more difficult shots, and that's almost like a KD-ism, right? Like KD likes to take difficult shots for some reason, mm-hmm. um, and because he can make them, that's the reason. But also at halftime, it seemed like uh, Ime Adoku went into the the locker room, got the Rockets together, and said, "Listen, guys, we've got to play physical, swarming defense," uh, and that's what they did in the second half, and they got called for fouls on that as well. I mean, that's the other side of that, and that's why you had so many people foul out in this game. But they started to be an irritant to Devin Booker. Dylan Brooks started doing more Dylan Brooks things. Cam Whitmore was starting to get a lot more physical 
with Booker. They were double teaming him a lot more. Hell, they were they started double teaming him in the first quarter after he mm-hmm. lit him up. Uh, but Booker has to learn to navigate that appropriately. I think is the best way to put it. And that's a, a criticism I've had of him of, of late is you know that teams are going to start to do that to you. How you respond, you still have to be efficient. And again, here I'm complaining with Devin Booker scoring 35, just like I did uh, when they lost to Dallas. He scored 35 in that game, and I was like, dude, you, you could still have done better. So maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, Gav. Well, there was – no, I, I absolutely agree. He starts to – look, I, I get the I get the whole press. Um, and they, they are. He's getting double teamed a, a hell of a lot more than KD is, which is always fun to watch. But yeah. um, the, the whole thing is that – he he does force up those late in the shot clock contested shots when mm-hmm. when this happens, and it, it's it's interesting to watch because there was a game before the All Star break, but I can't remember what it was. I think it might have been was it the game he scored fifty? Um, he uh, where they came out with the double, but he got rid of the ball and went. You know what? For a few minutes here, I'm just going to give a, the ball up and let others. Go to work, and I love KD that. went to work. Yeah, KD went to work. Everybody else went to work. The floor opened up again, and then Booker went bang, ten points in two minutes. Um, he has to do that more often. He has to go. Okay, they're overplaying me now. I've got to give the others that opportunity and let them open up and take control of the game for a bit, and then the play will open up for me again. Well, and the other side of it is. One of the reasons why the Suns were so effective in the first quarter, in the first half, is the ball was moving around. And as you mentioned, like Booker was the beneficiary of it because the doubles weren't coming, because they weren't playing as physical yet in the game. But you know that the opposing teams are going to adjust. And I think that that's one of my frustrations. And I know that he watches the podcast. And uh, for this, I'm sorry. But Frank Vogel, you got to adjust. sorry for putting you through that uh (laughs) but that is one of the challenges i feel like the suns have these great first quarters or great first halves and then in the second quarter they don't necessarily adjust and don't get me wrong he has made plenty of adjustments this season but at the same time it's almost like they don't prepare for the adjustment to the adjustment they don't prepare that the opposing team's gonna adjust and like the rockets are not a good team but they have a really good coach this is Mm. like these are the conversations, Gab, that you and I are going to have come playoff time when the Clippers are sitting on the other side of the arena. And they got Ty Lu, who's known for making those adjustments. And Frank Vogel's got to not just think a step ahead. Him and his coaching staff have, staff have to get two steps ahead and go, listen, we came out and we imposed our will. There's going to be, for every action, there's an equal reaction, right? They're going to come back, and guess what? They're going to play physical, which they did tonight. They're going to start doubling, which they did tonight. We need to prepare for that and, and know what we're going to do ahead of time, not in the moment. And that happens too often. That's what happened at the beginning of the second quarter, right? The Suns give up a 4-0 run. Mm-hmm. That's what happens at the beginning of the fourth quarter, where the Suns give up a 4-0 run. And thankfully, it's only the Rockets because it took the Suns like three minutes to score to start the fourth. But good teams, that becomes a 10-0 run, a 14-0 run, like the Dallas game, a 16-0 run in the yeah. blink of an eye. So you have to be yeah. ready for the adjustment to the adjustment. And that, that's that's probably the gap, I think, that we're all seeing, or well, most of us are seeing, I guess, right now, is I'm sure that we have adjustments to the game plan, but we don't have adjustments that are specific to opposition. And I, I think I think that's the thing that stands out to me at the moment is, okay, KD's going to get doubled when Book's not on the floor. We're, we're going to adjust and we're going to run this style of play. But they don't. We're not picking up that. Okay, well, it's the Rockets, so they've got additional length. So when KD is going to get double teamed and he tries that loopy, over the top, soft pass, I guess it is that that we all see KD do, and then sit there and go, "Oh my god," that happens against teams with length, and and it happens every time. So we're not adjusting and going, KD, you can't allow the double to get you in that corner. Because that high pass is going to get picked off with the additional length. Get it out early, get it back, reset, let's go again. 
against specific sides. Then again, there's going to be teams where KD gets doubled and he gets the ball to Nurk on the block and he can dominate because the side's smaller. But yeah, it's for me, it's the adjustments. We need to make those adjustments that are matchup specific, not just, okay, well, if they're going to double, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. And I think that you have, in theory, the coaching staff here and, and continuity is a thing. Okay, it is a thing, despite Bradley Beal being out again and Eric Gordon being out again, we are two thirds of the way through the season. This isn't team, this isn't guys learning to play with each other and coaches learning what those guys have uh, relative to abilities. These are guys who can play together and coaches who know what they can do. So adjust to that, be matchup specific, and execute that. The Suns tonight, again, and like it's funny because if you were just tuning in, you didn't watch the game, you thought the Suns lost. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I True, don't know very positive yet. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, Gav. I've been on like this critical run of the Suns. For those of you who read Bright Side of the Sun, uh, I feel like like my last two or three articles I've written have just been really negative. I've got the one where I'm I'm literally calling out the statistics on Devin Booker's defensive regression this year, and then I put out the one about how great it is to have Nurkic, but at the same time I'm bashing Da. Uh, because he should be. Um, and then, God, what was the third one? Hey, I you did? got Nurk love out of that, though. I did. I did. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic retweeted one of my tweets, which was pretty cool. I was like, thanks, man. Uh, oh, and then I had a whole article just dogging the Suns on their effort recently. Uh, and I broke it I broke it down statistically how, you know, from an offensive rebounding standpoint, they're not uh, – from a closeout standpoint. Like, I picked, like, four or five hustle statistics – I'm like, damn, sons, like you're you're bottom of the league in this shit, man. That's not winning basketball. So, Gav, tell me something that'll make me like, like like make me smile, make me positive again. I don't know what's happening to me. Well, look, ultimately there, John, and that one was for Boyd. Ultimately, Boyd. <laughs> ultimately, Boyd. Brad, uh, Bradley no. Beal. Bradley Beal makes this team different. He does. It's just, I mean, have a look at the record with Beal and without Beal. Yes, I get it. Suns fans were frustrated that Beal's got another hamstring injury, um, but he, it, when he comes back, I'm more than confident that he's going to be healthy enough. I think we're just being cautious right now, and he, and he's not playing. Uh, we have we have the squad here that can absolutely complete compete come playoffs for Western Conference Finals and championships. And the good thing is, yes, you've been. Um, You've, you've been uh, uh, potentially how you see it a little bit negative, but you're just calling it out. The good thing is, as you said, Frank Vogel watches this podcast, mm-hmm. um, so he can address all these things going into the playoffs. And then in uh, June, we'll all be in the streets of Phoenix, uh, watching them drive through down the street with a with the uh, with the Frankie Trophy and uh, drinking beers. Cheers to that, my friend. God, I hope you're right. I want to see you again so bad. Uh, well, how, how about like Frank Vogel and Kevin Durant acknowledging the Frank Vogel parody cool. account? Like, that is hilarious. So now's the time, Gavin. You can go ahead and let all of Suns Nation know that you're behind the Frank Vogel account. Um, yeah, no, I wish I was. That'd be fantastic. But uh, no, it wasn't me. I'm not that creative. <laughs> I want to know who it is, and like me too. I know, just it's, like, it's, but, but but that's part of the allure. Is like I don't know, yeah, it and is. it's, it's like, that's part of the allure too. So, uh, but it's surely to- someone we've all known. So I I actually did. I actually went back through Twitter and went, who's not tweeting as much anymore? Mm. That, that has always been tweeting. I, I really couldn't find anyone. Oh, but Matthew Lissy never tweets. Maybe <gasps> could it be our friend from? Banning the Flames, Dan Duarte. We haven't seen him on Twitter for a very long time. This just got interesting. You're right. He only like retweets stuff on occasion. Yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> we'll think about that. And let's do this drop. Who the heck are you? I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. I'm one of the best players to ever play the game. Kevin Wayne Durant, 24 points tonight on 8 of 19 shooting, 1 of 3 from beyond the arc, had 7 rebounds, had 6 assists. Uh, much akin to the majority of the team, not the best shooting night, but 
shot it when it matters. I thought that one of the best sequences of the game is the Suns allowed a 7-0 run to the Houston Rockets. KD comes down, hits a jumper, bounce pass to Eubanks for a jam, but then hits a three. And like instantly the faucet has been turned off and the runs are over. I have the runs poop. Go ahead, Gavin. Tell me about Kevin Durant tonight. Um, I thought, uh, look, the most impressive part about KD's game tonight was on the defensive end. I thought he was engaged the whole night. Um, and he he was just, his length gave them real trouble. I'm still concerned about the, um, I'm still concerned about the, just and he went through a patch. I think it was in the second quarter after just after what you just spoke about the run he went on, which got us going in the second quarter, where he turned the ball over like three times in a row, and yeah. they weren't just turnovers; they were bad turnovers. Well, they like lead horrible. like fast break taunt point tied up of turnovers, you know, like. And they're the ones I I want to see KD get rid of because it's almost like he goes into a I can just cruise now mode, and then he turns the ball over three times. And, and they're the ones that I want to see KD get rid of. But uh, look, at the end of the day, KD was great. Again, he was he was a fantastic support for Book tonight. When we needed some points, KD stepped up and gave us the points. Um, it was just a it was a typical KD game without being spectacular. Um, his his biggest contribution for me was on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. No, I agree and. You know, him and Booker cannot combine tonight for 59 points. Like, I'll take that all the time. Like, 60 is kind of one of those magical numbers if you're a basketball fan and you have a duo, right? Like, if your guys can get to 60 points a night, that's what you want from a great duo because uh, that's essentially 30 points a night from them or one guy goes for 40, one guy goes for 20. I will say, Gav, I am kind of upset because Devin Booker over 40 points tonight was plus 800. I bet it. He had 20 in the first quarter. I was like, oh, fuck, this is fucking cash money, dude. And then, like, he, he looked up, and he saw me sitting here, and he's just like, fuck you, dude. You're not getting that money. But I will say this. This is uh, – and I just totally took a Kevin Durant um, uh, story and turned it into a Devin Booker one. So let me let me finish my point on Durant, and then I'll, I'll pop back to, to Devin Booker. But you're right the way that his, – his defense, and it's something – like, the thing you have to remember, uh, Jamstas – is that this team is going to be playing the Suns again on Saturday. So there's going to be even more adjustments. So KD, the way that he uh, came out and and created some havoc on the defensive end, expect the Rockets and uh, Ime Doku to make adjustments to that and be prepared for that and, you know, attack it or go the other way. Uh, but I liked what I saw from him again, a rough shooting night, but what I loved is he kept shooting. And I've talked about that before, Kevin Durant, like that's what makes him great, uh, is watching him shoot is it's, it's artistic. Uh, I was sitting down, I actually sat at like the center court, uh, chair during shoot around today. I'm like, I'm going to sit center court. And I sent you guys a picture in the chat of like the little cool logo that they got right there. It's the same seat that Amari Stoudemire ended up sitting in the game. So I warmed it up for stat tonight, uh, farted in it twice. Uh, and, but one of the one of the things, one, I was watching Kevin Durant take shoot around. I, I posted a video of it, uh, and some guy walked in the way, but he hit like eight shots in a row, and I only like posted three because that guy walked in the way. But another one of those cool things that I saw, and this is one of those little things that's fun about coming to the games. You come in, if you come early enough to just watch shoot around, is Devin Booker comes out, and he walks over, and you know he he gets like uh, something from a table, like a mouthpiece or something, and then he. He turns and sitting kind of right over next to me is a, a family with little kids. And like he turns and he gets a basketball. He's like feeling basketballs and he looks over at the kids. He smiles. He gives them like a little wave. And then he just goes back and like the kids like lose their mind. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, God, Devin, Devin Booker is, uh, uh, he's just classy, man. I just, I appreciate yeah. having that guy on the team. And I love Kevin Durant too. KD, if you're following the Frank Vogel parody account, then you probably know who we are. Um, and we absolutely love you as well. So let's talk a little bit about Bull Bull tonight. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's... Bull Bull, motherfucker. Not the best Bull Bull game, uh, only seven points, but I'll absolutely take it. 0-2 from beyond the arc, but three of six overall. Had four rebounds in 26 minutes played. I love that Bull Bull played 26 minutes tonight, man. I love that in the last three games, he's playing over 23, 24. 
minutes a night, man. Because even if it's not great, amazing statistical numbers, that's 26 minutes. That's carving into time that you don't need starters out there. And that's the problem we had at the beginning of the season, remember? And so- Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Problem we had in the playoffs last year, remember? Where it's like no one from the bench can be productive and no one can give you more than 15 minutes. And so everybody had to play who was a starting five member. Everyone had to play fucking 45 minutes a night. So, again, I, I liked what I saw from Bull Bull tonight. It was fun. Um, uh, yeah, look, I, I think you and I have uh, spoken before about Bull Bull. I, I firmly had an opinion that his best was sitting um, at the end of the bench and that was about all we were ever going to get. I see that there's a few of the Aussies uh, in the chat right now that are getting yes. stuck into me because because I refuse to budge on my position because I, I yelled loudly that Bol Bol sucks and I didn't want him on the team. So I, I refuse to budge. <laughs> he was terrible tonight. He nearly cost us that game. When Houston won on the runs, it was because Bol Bol was on the floor. No, no. Um, I, I, I kind of with you there. It's, he's, added, he's added a really nice dimension to the team. Um, just prior to All Star game, All Star weekend, um, even tonight, like twenty six minutes. Did he have his greatest game? No. No. Again, I he struggled on the defensive end. But what he does is spread the floor, um, and and you can see that on the offensive end when he's out there. The opposition teams now have to step out and cover that off, and and that's something we've probably lacked a little bit. I still don't believe that we run. Um, a, a lineup with Bol Bol at the five, the dude can only play the four. Yes, um, correct. When he plays the five, we are horrible. But in saying that, um, yeah, uh, look, he, he's doing really well to earn these minutes. And, and he's going to be in that eight-man, let's say, eight-man rotation come um, playoffs because uh, it suits the type of lineup that we have. And... We, we were hoping we'd get that out of like a Utah Wantanabe and, and obviously Utah's gone now, but we're getting that out of Bol Bol and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm okay with it. Except I refuse to accept him. <laughs> the one thing I'll say about Bol and like I love advanced stats. Uh, they're just interesting to me. I got to see what like his shot deterrence is and his closeouts because I mean those are some issues he had last year with some perimeter defense. He was the worst perimeter defender in the league. And something I talked about all offseason once we got him. I'm like, dude, this guy's going to suck. He can't defend the perimeter. But you see it again tonight. When he's closing out on guys, they shoot the ball differently because they know they feel his length and they have to. That sounds so inappropriate. They feel his length. But they feel his length and they have to shoot over him and it causes the ball to not go in. So I appreciate that. Even when he's out of position defensively, even though he does get lost on possessions on both offense and defense, and I literally am watching Frank Vogel, like, directing him where to go sometimes. Again, he's earned starting minutes. Not a great night tonight, but I don't care. I didn't need him to have a great night tonight. I need him to just yeah. be out there and eat some minutes. Uh, and, and that's important, right? Uh, that, I think that, that statement is important. It's more important than anything else. We don't need Bol Bol to have 25 and 15. We need Not him a, to have It's, gr- it's great when he does. Seven. Yeah, yes. look, and we're going to enjoy it. But if he can fill those 15 to 20 minutes and have 10 and 7, we're going to be really, really pleased. Because in a in a six-game series in the playoffs, we know that in two of those games, Bol Bol is going to be – he's going to have 20 and 10. 
you know, or 15 yeah. and 10 or whatever or, the or, case or, may be. Or, he, or he's going to play some defense that's going to be key during a stretch when either yeah. KD, you know, or especially when KD's sitting. Like, that's why it's important. Yeah. And the reason we know this is because we felt it last season, and it's what was the demise of the Suns, is they traded for Kevin Durant, but they compromised all of their wing depth in an effort to do so, and nobody on the bench. Just like earlier this season, when you mentioned Yuta Watanabe and Shemetsi Metu and Jordan Goodwin and KBD, none of them could step up in those uh, bench Particularly minutes. on that defensive end, yeah. Yeah, and Bull Bull has stepped up on offense and defense, and that's why I'm very excited uh, for the performances that he's had. The, so, the other the other thing for me with Bull Bull, uh, the, the thing I've, I, I've really enjoyed, and, and look, again, I'm watching from afar, so I only get to watch on league pass every time. I don't see what's happening on the ground. But when he comes to the bench and um, every time, after every play and stoppage in play, there are players on this team that are pulling him aside having a t- discussion with him. I don't think I've uh, – he's probably never, ever received that before. No. I've seen on the on the feed today, Thad Young pulled him aside when he came off after his third foul and, and was directing and talking to – I mean, Thad's been here a week. Fantastic. We're going to get more and more. And Bowles, Bowles only going to improve when he's getting guidance from Kevin Durant, Thad Young, um, Yusuf Nurkic – these guys that have been in the league a while and they're actually giving him the information and it looks like he's soaking it up and learning from that, which is great. And he's putting together some of his best stretches of basketball in his entire career because of it. And it's yeah. something that, again, like Jamsters, you know, I was very anti-Bull Bull at the beginning of the season, but all of these little things, it's the little things, right? It's the things that you want to see and hear. It goes back to like when Josh Jackson was drafted. One of the things that although I didn't agree with him as a draft pick, one of the things that I heard about him was he was one of those gym rats, somebody who loved to be in there and try to learn and, and grow. And you're like, okay, that's what I want to hear. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for him, but you're seeing it come to fruition with Bull Ball. So love what we see from there. Do want to get to a couple other topics, but I do want to give a shout out to Biscuits and the Bear, $15 in the Super Chat. Thank you, Biscuits. That's 10 Lakers retro and tonight, man. The Suns really need to get the turnovers in check, especially in the fourth, but still a win. So that's uh, $5 for tonight's win and $10 for the win against the Lakers last Sunday. Fuck you, Jalen Green. You cost me three bucks because it should have been an eight-point victory. But thank you to Biscuits and the Bear for doing that. Um, we do have to touch on this topic because uh, I don't know if you know, Bradley Beal didn't play again tonight. And she said, you're not the only one, but you're the best Bradley So the question here, Gav, is how concerned are you getting? Because, like, this guy got injured before the All-Star break, sat out the All-Star break, um, and hasn't played since. I mean, this is a couple weeks out. Oh, Frank Vogel's down there shooting the shit with people. (laughs) Shouldn't he be on Twitter? I'm, like, watching Twitter now. I'm like, is it really him? Is that his creative crew down there? Sorry. Actually, so, that'd so, be that'd be the greatest troll. That'd be the greatest troll of all time if it, if it actually him. was him. The greatest <laughs> troll of all time. Uh, yeah. Um, look, of course it's concerning because I, I I think we've said it to each other before um, when I was over and caught up with you guys. My biggest concern was that when we looked at the Clippers and the fact uh, of they went from what everyone thought was potentially a basket case to a championship contender, once they had 25 straight games of continuity, we got to like 22 and then Bill got hurt again. Um, We, we need, I I still think that you get those games and those multiple games in a row. We looked better and better every single time those guys went out on the floor. We need the guy on the floor. There's no doubt about it, but it's a hamstring injury, and hamstring injuries are a pain in the ass. So yeah. he had the break. That I feel like they gave him today as well. And I, I honestly, I believe he'll be back against Houston on Saturday. Um, your time, Sunday, my time. Um, I, I still believe he'll be back then, and we're going to hopefully get the opportunity. Um, hopefully, we'll get the opportunity rolling forward from here to make sure that we have the continuity on the floor. I'm concerned, but I'm not, I don't think that it's, it's a, I don't think it's a season ender. 
we want him to be healthy. We need him to be healthy come playoff. Yeah, period. Yeah. But we can't have him getting healthy in the playoffs. And I think that that's what's scary right now because it feels like it's coming closer and closer. You're right. You're playing Houston again, as I mentioned, a team that entered five and 23 on the road. I wouldn't be surprised if he sits out Saturday as well. We play Oklahoma City on Sunday. I wouldn't be surprised. I oh, really back to wouldn't. back, yeah, yeah. You know, but you look at it, and there, there's a couple things here. Okay, one, Bradley Beal averages, I think, what, like 40 games played over the last three seasons prior to coming to Phoenix. With with tonight, he's on pace to play like 38 games for Phoenix. Um, so every person who said don't get Bradley Beal because he's – glass and uh, he's injury prone and he's not worth the 47 million dollars you're paying him they're right i mean he's not technically worth it because he's the best ability is availability um but we're all living in that wonderful world of what if right now and hope you know hoping that he's going to be around for the playoffs it is concerning though and you're right soft tissue issues we know because devin booker's on this team he's another guy who you know when those hamstrings get hurt you have to take your time with him uh but i would like to I don't know. I just like Frank Vogel. Hey, Frank, where'd you go, buddy? Oh, there he goes. Hey, Frank, I got a question for you, bud. No, it's like, it's like he's been saying he, he might be, he's been questionable since the Dallas game. Okay. Yeah. That was over a week, you know? So it's just like, at what point, you know, but I guess all we can do, you know, it doesn't, there's no use in crying over spilt milk or whatever. It's like, we can just say, get healthy Brad Beal. And that's all we can really hope for. So yeah, get get that 10, 15, or get that ten to twelve games running into the playoffs. Um, and, look healthy yep. because this team looks better when Bradley Beal's out there. 100%. So, um, yes, They're we want him healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, we want him healthy come playoffs. Of course, we do. Do we? But we still need those guys out on the floor so they can work it out. They can work it out. All right, let's talk about saving Lee real quick. Mister Lee. Mister Lee. You are cleared for takeoff. I bring up Saban Lee because it's something that some of the Jamsters are talking about live in the chat. Again, thank you if you're joining us. Hit that thumbs up button. Uh, obviously, the Suns have that last roster spot available. Tomorrow is kind of one of those lines of demarcation in that any player who is waived after tomorrow is not eligible for a playoff roster. So, like, Patty Mills was waived today. The Suns could sign him, and he could be on the playoff team. But if, let's say that uh, uh, Otto Porter Jr. is waived on March 2nd by the Jazz, we can pick him up, but he can't play for the team. So, a lot of people are saying, like, in the chat, um, do do you give that that last roster spot to Saban Lee? Is what we're witnessing right now a tryout for Saban Lee to become that final roster spot? Gavin, what are your thoughts on Saban Lee? Um, he's he's doing okay at the moment, and and I think you're right. I think it is a a trial for Saban to see whether or not he picks up that last roster spot. Personally, um, I don't see how Saban Lee has any sort of impact uh, when it comes to the crunch when we need to. And, and I see that, that, as Saul said, I prefer Mills. Personally, I prefer Paddy Mills. I think that Paddy Mills could um, he could come off the end of the bench and um, uh, not necessarily play every game, but you know that if we need a flamethrower for a little bit, uh, the guy, he's got leadership, he's got... Well, and we know it as Australians. He's, uh, he's led our Olympic team to bronze medals, silver medals, um, and, of course, he turns into prime Michael Jordan when he goes to the Olympics. Um He's he'd be really he'd be a great fit for what we're currently doing. Um, probably ahead of Saban Lee, and that's only because Saban's a little bit hesitant to take that outside shot. Currently, still, um, when he gets the open three, he tends to not take that shot and try to penetrate to the basket, whether it's you know the up and under or try to kick it back out. Look, I, I think he's serviceable. I, I'm not going to complain if he's the last roster spot but I think we can do better out in the market. You know what? If that's what the Suns are going to do, then do it. If they go and they get somebody, like, just sign the best cheerleader and carry on, man. This is the last fucking roster. Okay, let's bring back Ish. Yeah, 
fuck it. Bring back Ish Wainwright. Put him at the end. Let him cheerlead. I'm okay with that. Like, whoever we get is not going to be an impact guy. No, they're not. Right? Like, think about it. We just got Thad Young. How much of an impact has he been? Other than, yeah, like, teaching Bowl Bowl tonight. Yeah, it's just and, – and it's almost never do buyout guys – become these massive meat needle movers they become fringe players who are serviceable during the regular season to get you through the regular season and that's about it so yeah. although Saban lee is abysmal from beyond the arc he's a career like 27 percent three-point shooter he's been in the system he attacks the basket he's serviceable right now because bradley beals out he's getting some minutes let him do that for the remainder of the season and then carry the hell on with our lives, you know. Like, yeah. just get the best cheerleader. Like you said, bring back Ish. I, I really, really don't care. So, yeah, that, uh, uh, the fifteenth roster spot just doesn't matter that much, does it? It's it, it really doesn't. But we sit here and we talk about it. Like any guy who's going to come in, all of a sudden is going to have twenty minutes a game and be an impact play. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, it's not going to happen. Carry, carry on, our wayward son. Uh, got a question in the chat here. Uh, from Creepy Crawley says, "Hi Gavin, longtime listener here. Was just wondering if you ever plan on contributing anything good to podcasts you guest on. If you don't have a response, I do, but I'll let you go first. <laughs> um, this isn't the Australian podcast, so I'm not going to respond how I normally would. I'll uh, I'll save it for Sunday. Okay, perfect. Are you deferring <laughs> to me? Yeah, go." Hey, Boyd, you ballless son of a bitch. We sent you the link. You could have came on, but you know what? Gavin reached down between his legs, and do you know what he found? Manhood. Yeah, we sent this link to Boyd to see if he'd come on, and he just sits there in a chat dogging Gav the whole time instead of being a man and coming on the pod. So we know what you are. We know what you are. A bitch! Um, love you, Boyd. I love you like a fat kid loves cake. Let's do some crazy <laughs> shit. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Where is she? <laughs> <laughs> Brendan in the chat, sack up, Boyd. <laughs> Where is she? I obviously I don't have my Batman mask on. I I'm really disappointed. Stage. Oh, I'm really disappointed you didn't take it. You got to realize, like, this morning, uh, like, I leave for work at, like, 7 in the morning, and I drive down to my new job. Uh, so I have to bring all my stuff to come to the game afterwards. Um, and then today, like, I'm, I'm decorating my office, so I was bringing, like, pictures and things like that to hang up, and power tools to hang them up, because, uh, fuck it, I'm going with power tools. And... I got like halfway to work. I'm like, I should have brought the fucking Batman mask. Cause I would love right sure. now, like right over, you know, off to my, uh, to my right, there's a guy who's like, got like a professional camera and he's doing, you know, sort of some deportes channel. And it'd just be great if like, I'm just over here talking like a jackass dressed as Batman. Um, <laughs> it would have been I will, I will say Jamsters, I was not prepared to do the subreddit stakeout tonight. Uh, Matthew, it was his turn to do it, but he had to cancel late because, uh, it's end of month and you know he works in accounting and he's working um but i will give you my best thoughts tonight on what was said on the subreddit for the houston rockets tonight so <clears throat> booker what a bitch don't touch our precious cam whitmore he's got the face of an angel and shoes that are magical sangoon more like Sangon. What about Afrin Sangoon getting six fouls in this game and then getting a tough double technical? So he fouled out and then was ejected. And then got tossed. <laughs> like, I've never, oh yeah, I forgot I'm on my iPhone. I've never seen that before. You know? Unbelievable. So good for you, Sangoon. So, Sangoon. Yeah, well well more like Sangon. Uh, what else? What else could have been said tonight? Um, that foul was bullshit. <laughs> I've never liked Kevin Durant ever since his days in OKC. And then the next person, wow, Katie, what a killer! Um, what about um, Mar Mario? Do Ellie? you have 
do you have one of uh, Royce O'Neill only ever hit shots against Houston or something like that? That's, no, because he didn't. It's always one of them. It's always one of them. There is, there is. Yeah. Uh, let's see who who hit shots tonight. Who killed them tonight? Um, I guess Bull Bull. He hit, he shot fifty percent. Like Royce O'Neill had a bad game relative to yeah. offense. Defense, he was great. Rebounding, he was great. Like he, he had eleven points, uh, seven assists, six rebounds. But he was three of ten from the field, three of nine from beyond the arc, and it was like his seventh shot was his first shot that he made. But Bobo, that first generation Wemby only ever scores points against us. I was gonna, I was gonna say maybe go with Josh Akogi because he actually hit a three tonight. He did, and then he backed it up. He he instantly heat checked himself, didn't he? He hit a three. <laughs> he he's like, I'm gonna shoot another one, and then he just missed it. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is a subreddit stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. What else did you see tonight, Gavin, before we hand out the Jam Star? Uh, look, it was nothing much. It was it was one of those games where you sort of watched it. From my perspective, I sat and watched it and went, eh, it never felt in danger. It was just a, just a cruise. After the first quarter, when we sat there and got to watch Armani mode go um, ballistic, she was pretty cruisy after that. Um, like you said, Royce was good on defense. Grayson was Grayson. Um, yeah. Drew Eubanks. Let's um, hand out the jam star, okay? Yeah. And, and I'll actually hit the drop. I won't I won't Matthew this one. Jam star of the game. Look at this oh, guy. Oh my god! <laughs> do you have to? Hey, I have to see him do- on Sunday. You're doing our podcast, Gavin. A massive disservice by that fucking dribble you're putting up today. Yeah, is that Sunday. the best you got, mate? Is that the best you got? <laughs> it is. It is. Okay, but um, yeah. Great. Stop, stop ignoring me in the chat too, man. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, John. Hey, how you doing, Boyd? Here, let's just let's let's give Gav a kiss, huh? For those of you who are listening, Boyd has joined the show after being called out, and uh, I appreciate that. He's 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 he only has one ball, so he's not ballless, but he's got he's they call him Uniball. He's Boyd got one test down under, yes, one test down there over in Perth. That's where they call him. Now, now, Boyd, you have been in the chat. Like carrying on like an idiot for the entire time. So what we want, what what John and I have discussed is, we believe that you now have to do everything you asked us to do. So number one, get naked. Mm-hmm. That's not getting naked. Jeez, John, move on. <laughs> We're going to turn this into the Aussie Suns fans podcast if you keep. He going. just he just flashed us a, a titty. Oh man, this is a children's <laughs> show. This is this is what the fuck is going on? Uh, Jamstar boy, who are you giving it to? I'm giving it to Devin all day, every day, man. Devin was killing it. Um, yeah, but it, uh, and they said it in the commentary too. Um, when he does have them first quarters that hit 20, you do expect a 40 burger, so I'm a little bit disappointed. Uh, but but in saying that, there was a there was a, a time late in that fourth when um, he got us back on track there. But it was like a – it was a really – I think it got to within six or eight points and then he just made this really heavily contested mid uh, midi and it was just like, oh, fuck yes, yes. So, yeah, yeah, man, give it the book. I agree. I'm giving it to Booker. Uh, and welcome to the Suns Jam Only Fans podcast. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> show the jamel toe from John <laughs> Show the jamel toe. I love that. That's oh, we're great. going down. We're going down an avenue right here. Uh, Do not show you, your feet. No, I only have a, uh, a small, thin penis, so I don't want to get that out live. If that's all right, you guys cool with that? We wouldn't be able to see it. It's like a, um, it's like a flapjack. I'll, I'll send you a photo, but I don't want to get it out on here. I'm I think bit... you have. <laughs> I think I think you've done you've done things to Gavin's stuff at his house. Me and Gavin. Um, anyways, used to date. that's how we met. By the way, we did. Well, we did story. what? 
We used to date, you and I. We we, 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 we had two dates. You guys were docking? Yeah, yeah. That's adorable. <laughs> um, Devin Booker. Thank you, John. Yes, big big dick Booker. <laughs> okay, so. Big dick Booker, yeah. Um, got it. Oh, one last thing I wanted to talk about today. Uh, I did it. I bought Booker's shoes. Me too. You got the blue ones? I got the blue ones. I'm very nice. excited. Yeah, nice. yeah. It was um, I, 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 I've uh, the wife was giving me the whole not the best time. You can't do mm-hmm. it. And I went, you do realize it's my birthday this month. And she went, fine, buy them. I went, really? Your 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 month your birthday's in February. March. Oh, March. It's March. Oh, yeah, you're, it's March. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's we're we're still in a leap year here. No, so I had the same conversation with my wife yesterday. I'm like, hey, tomorrow, 8 a.m., these go on sale. And she's like, are you kidding me? She's like, you just got some Katie 16s, and then you went and got, like, three pairs of dunks, right? Like, I'm wearing one pair right now. Like, I got, like – she's like, why do you need so many shoes? I'm like, yeah, but look at these. They, those, these will go great with jeans. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. And then she was – Do you know what? I had the same sell point. I went – you know, I've got my work shoes, the you know, the leather leather ones. I I've got those. I've got my runners, which I can sort of wear around. But if I want to go anywhere, I don't have any of those casual, like funky shoes that you need to wear with jeans and a shirt and and she went, Fine, just go and buy them. And I went, Yeah, and my, and, 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 and my wife was just like, No. I was like, Okay. Like right before we we went to bed, she rolled over. She's like, Well, if you really want them. <laughs> and then like so i'm driving to work this morning in traffic like on the Order. app i'm like yeah. it's like once it goes 8 a.m i'm just like yo um well these are the only ones i wanted by the way the blue ones were the they were my target well I, I i want the shatter board ones when those are out like the the orange and the black ones but like yeah, yeah these, like you said these are the perfect casual shoe so says jay our good buddy he has a pair of the original ones that came out like the beige ones they just yeah, the look ones. comfortable man they look comfortable yeah. They do, um, don't they? Boyd, I don't know if you can wear them because of your jammel toe, but uh... <laughs> I uh, I can't afford that shit, man. Yeah, Boyd, Boyd can't wear them because he won't buy anything for his fucking self. He'll only wear them if someone else buys them for him. He's wearing I... like a statement edition jersey, like a legit jersey. You can afford you think he bought shoes, you, th- you think he bought that himself? That's nice of you, John. Uh, no, I get, I get birthdays and christmas where i can request something like this but i'm fucking broke ass man i got five kids can't afford uh, that shit. but that's what it is when christmas comes and when birthdays come because of the five kids you get a ton of presents that you technically pay for yourself because they're, they're gifts from the kids and the kids the kids like make your stuff and it, they don't make you know sons apparel they can't that shit yet. But, um, yeah. you need to start running your little own sweatshop over there <laughs> Teach him how to sew, man. Come on, for the big, greater good of humanity and your your clothing line. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And your son's key. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up the show. the The arena's gone empty. This is a live look at, at the footy. You know, so there you go. There's why haven't you out yet? I was expecting yeah, spirit to come up, and is it just Lissy that I don't like, or why aren't they fucking you? I don't know. I was actually having a conversation with uh, one of my son's buddies today uh, who works in media relations. And I was just like, hey, just so you know, like I'm taping, I, like I'm, I'm going live afterwards. He's like, can I tell you a story? So I guess I'll end with a story for you guys. And he goes, uh, he's like, I've got a lot of family that lives in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, my dad's from there. My whole family lives out here. They're all generational Suns fans. But a lot of my family that lives in Louisiana, they're also Suns fans. And when I was back in Louisiana, and I was asking, I believe it's one of his cousins. He was asking one of his cousins, like, hey, how do you consume your your son's content? He told him that he wakes up the next morning and tunes into the Sun's Jam Session podcast. <laughs> and so shout out to Josh and Baton Rouge for that reason. Because, you know, my buddy, he's just, <laughs> what's that? That's why you brought it up earlier, yeah? Uh huh. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, that's awesome, man. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if I should be honored or terrified that you know somebody who watches the podcast because we were just talking about flapjack penises and jamel toe. 
But there you go. That's the pod right there. So uh, again, thank you to everybody, including Josh and Baton Rouge, who watches the show. If you're watching now or watching later, or listening later, truly, truly appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, or don't. I don't care. If you know and what hit this the is and you button. know where to find it. It's not hard. Or don't. Or don't. I don't care. I really don't. I never hit it whenever I watch the Aussie Suns fan podcast. You I just jerk. hang out in there the whole time. Uh, but speaking of the Aussie Suns fans, tell tell you guys can tell boy, tell us where they can find you. At Boards 80. And so <laughs> Gavin, tell me where we can find you. At Aussie Suns fans on Twitter, at Aussie Suns fans on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and all that sort of stuff. Appreciate uh you having us on again, John. Always, we, I, I always love coming on Suns Jam. Um, and we're on on Sunday, guys. So so after the game against Houston, the next game against Houston, jump on, watch the Suns Jam, um, enjoy the content that John and Lissy will give you after the game. And then as soon as you finish there, jump across and jump on the Aussie Suns fans straight afterwards. Sounds like a G plan G. So, Jamsters, there you go. Saturday night, hang out with the Jam Session, follow that, hang out with the Aussies. Can't get much better than that on a Saturday night. Am I right? Good. Go home. Love the family.